Hello and welcome to the Sharp Edge podcast where we provide valuable insight and advice on the marketing and other business type questions that painting contractors encounter as they work towards achieving their goals. Now here's our hosts, Martin Morgan and Becca Hackley. Welcome to the Sharp Edge podcast, a podcast that's all about being the ultimate marketing and business resource for painting contractors. Today, we're talking about how to protect your painting business from cyber attacks, including ransomware. You might be thinking to yourself, hackers attacking me? Yeah, right. Well, you'd be quite surprised how often it does happen, and we want you to be prepared and protected. And it is true, Becca, it is uh, very much out there attacking people through business, through personal emails, all, all of those things. And and our goal in this episode of the, of the podcast really is to to go through some warning signs to talk about the problem a little bit and, and try to help inform and, and educate everybody with some insights that that we hope will be helpful for you all and, and things to watch out for. And we can all laugh and look back 20 years ago or so when the danger, most dangerous thing through email was really those emails from our long lost cousins and some country in Africa who had just come across a couple million dollars, right? And all we had to do was send them our bank account information and they'd be happy to uh, to send that, to wire that in, that money to us so that we could then split it with them. And <laughs> You know, Family destiny. You know, yes, yeah, absolutely. It was just just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, and it was funny and you could kind of laugh, but those things happened for a reason because people started to do it and it did work. And people did give their bank account information, which was obviously not the thing that you wanted to do. But these new modern attacks, these new cyber attacks, these phishing attacks, and that's with a with a pH, as, as many of you, if not all of you, I'm sure are at least a little bit familiar with, are, are much more diabolical and they're very tricky and they're easy to fall for where they can say that they're a customer or a potential customer of yours or maybe a vendor that you have or some other service that you have. There was one recently within the last, the last couple of months that was really well done, and it was uh, especially attacking AOL, AOL email users. And it was really well done because it said that they were going to disconnect your account. And many of us over the years, you know, we, we whenever it was that we set up our personal email, we will usually keep that. I, and I know my wife still has her Hotmail account, right? And, and nobody's gotten a Hotmail account new probably in the last 10 years, maybe even 15. Um, but she still uses Hotmail. And there's a lot of people still using AOL. If you're listening to us, you may use an AOL email or Hotmail, and that's totally fine. Uh, but you've really got to be careful of these things because they're they're going to really figure out a good way to attack you. They've got these things down. They know what works, and it works, and it works well. Uh, so you've, you've just got to make sure that you're extra careful especially with AOL or Hotmail as an example that you're talking about, those are two that I would I would naturally somewhat trust. Like I'd be like, oh, we've heard, we've heard of them before. It's normal kind of thing. So always be vigilant and have your eyes and ears open of something that's a little bit more bizarre. <laughs> it, right. That's that's definitely true. And and another thing to you know, flashback some some years ago when there were viruses that were a little more prevalent and 
the virus was bad, obviously. And it, it, if you clicked on something and it may be a link, it may be an attachment. It was almost always an attachment back then, but the virus would run its course and maybe it would uh, erase your computer or something like that, but you could restore it. You'd run what you needed to run. And, and that was kind of it. And, and very different these days is that when you've done something, when you've taken an action to let these cyber attackers in, they're not just looking to erase your information. What what they're doing is is really kind of scary from the standpoint of they're just looking to establish a stronghold in your network or on your workstation, on your computer. And then they just sit there and they watch and listen because they're not looking to just strike immediately. They're looking to learn. They're looking to understand so they can try to take as much from you as they possibly can. I was going to say, it's, it's not, I feel like it's not even close about erasing things anymore. It's about how much can I get from this person? How much can I monitor what they do, where they're going, what passwords they're putting in? How vulnerable can this person be? I mean, like you said, sitting there watching everything we do on your computer or on your phone, that's freaky. It is. And, and then, you know, usually once they've gotten what they want, oftentimes it'll take a couple different routes or they'll take a couple different paths to really strike. And, and one of those is impersonating somebody you do business with. So maybe a vendor that you have and they understand how that vendor sends emails and how they, how they write different emails, how they communicate with you. And they may impersonate that vendor and tell you that the address that you send your checks to to pay that vendor has now changed and here's the new address so please send your checks to this address which is definitely scary the other thing is ransomware which you reference in the opening where they will steal all your information all your data and then they're going to charge you in order to get that back and that could include customer information that can include all of your business information which is definitely not what you want out there and then even worse, they could even double charge you because they're going to charge you once to get the data back. And then they're going to charge you again to stop them from putting that data out on the dark web, where again is not where you would want any customer information to be. So depending on the, 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 the amount of customer, inf inf customer information, I'm sorry, that, that you have or if, if you have something like a CRM, if you're using other technology for those types of things, they can really hone right in on that and try to get all of that information and then hold it over your head for payments. You had talked about impersonation. And, and that's a significant thing that gets done within organizations. So you'll, you'll get these, for instance, for with us, you know, I'm not sure if you get them as well, Becca, but I'll, I'll get uh, an email that says it's from our CEO that'll ask something about, hey, I can't access this right now. Um, are you available to do something for me? And it's not really the CEO. The it's 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 somebody who's impersonating the CEO. And, and the same thing that they, they might do where they're going to try to say, hey, I, we need to make this payment to this company, but I can't access you know, my credit card right now or something like that. And then they're going to ask you to go ahead and, and do that. And and they're they're really tricky. They're just really, really tricky. 
one one of the easiest targets are the people who who sit there and they're like, well, that's not going to happen to me. Like, I've even been in that place. Like, why would anybody care about what what I've got going on online or anything? Like, they're not going to get anything from it, as I think to myself. But that is exactly what cyber criminals love. <laughs> and that's what they're looking out for. It is absolutely the path of least resistance. And it, it can be easy to sit back and say, well, why are they going to go after me or why are they going to go after my small business? They could get so much more from these other big businesses. Well, these other big businesses have been, hit, been getting hit with these attacks for many years and they know exactly what to do and how to avoid them. And so they've got all of that stuff lined up and they can prevent it. And so it's becoming much harder for any of that to work. And so now what the cyber attackers are doing is, you know, little by little, they're, they're pushing it out to make it, again, the path of least resistance where they can get the most, the most bang for their buck, let's say. So it's gotten much easier for them to use the old shotgun approach or what you might call the spray and pray approach where they're just sending and it makes it easy because they can scale it out, just sending out all these emails and they're just waiting for somebody to bite on them. So you think about it from a scale standpoint and it not being as hard to get somebody to really bite on that sort of thing. And these cyber criminals are lazy. They're morally corrupt. They're going to do whatever they can really do to try to make this happen. So it, it's it's just, you know, the, the bigger companies are a much, much harder target. And they're really focusing on these smaller companies where they can or or people, you know, individuals where they can get the biggest bang for their buck. Yeah, they don't really care what it takes. I feel like it's somebody's going to click on something. And if one person clicks, that's worth that's worth the like you said, the spray and pray approaches. All these thousands and thousands and thousands of emails or text messages go out. Somebody's going to get it. Which yes, is exactly. A nightmare like it's it's overwhelming to think about like imagine waking up on a normal day and you pop open your phone and you have this weird cryptic message or maybe you do have a work computer too but let's say it says they stole your financial data customer information passwords and the only way how you can get it all back safely is by paying just thousands and thousands of dollars if not more i mean those are real scenarios that happen to small business owners that happens to people who own their own business, much like a, a one hand man painting contractor. I mean, it's real and it's so scary. So this is why it's very important for us to be talking to you about it. Right. And it, it does. It sounds like a movie and, and you're like, oh, my gosh, wow, this this is crazy. Yeah. Um, and if you think about it this way, too, that there are some statistics out about it, Becca. There, there were 2,244 cyber attacks per day in 2020. And if you break that down, that's one every 36 seconds. And that just seems like a, like a crazy num number. Yeah. And it shows you, you can't let your guard down. As you mentioned, you know, for painting contractors, this is the, this is the busy season. Some of you, you may have already been busy for a, a month or two. And, and it would be so easy when you're working 10, 12, 14 hour days, seven days a week to let your guard down, to not be vigilant about it, to just look at something, to click, to make the wrong move. And, and then all of a sudden you, you've let these cyber attackers just 
into everything that you do. And it could be on your phone where you might have a lot of accounts where they can see all of your login information. Uh, so you've really got to be vigilant. You've got to protect yourself. And it's such a crucial piece to the puzzle. And with being so busy, that, that brings up a great point of, you know, you're quickly going through things or 30,000, not 30,000, 30 customers are texting you about a job that's coming up or something. I get it. It would be really easy to click on something. It's really important to watch that. But we live by a rule as a company ourselves when it comes to being online for basically our entire workday. And it's think before you click. And that is a great start. And we're going <laughs> to we're going to hammer that into your head over the, the next uh, few minutes uh, along with as we continue to uh, move along on the podcast for sure. And, and we're also, though, going to provide some even more specific tips to help you. So we're going to start with number one, which is our first warning sign. Ask yourself, is this an email or a text message that you were expected to receive? So specifically, Martin mentioned in the beginning talking about if you're used to the way certain senders or the way certain people communicate with you, take a look at the message that you're receiving. And if it looks nothing like what the normal the normal sender does give to you, that's probably a really good sign that they aren't actually sending it and they're being impersonated. And that's a great point, Becca, about personal type emails or direct one-to-one -one emails. And, and similar are emails that might come from service providers that you don't expect. I used, used the example of uh, AOL for email earlier, but cyber attackers really love to use those big names or those company names that they feel like almost everybody is doing business with in some way or another. Microsoft, Amazon, FedEx, Google, Anytime you see emails from one of these types of large companies that you don't expect, or it seems just a little odd, or you're thinking, wait, I, I don't I, I don't have a, a, an account with that company, or I haven't used that in years, uh, you've got to look very closely at the from address. And usually you'll find that the from address, it won't match the company. So you, you want to be extra careful. That's one of the places to look for evidence and you never want to click on these links. Like Becca had said, think before you click. You don't want to click on these links. If you, if you think that it might be a possibility that it's real, you can open a separate browser and then go directly to the website for that company. So if it was Amazon, you know, don't click on the link that says, looks like it might be impersonating Amazon. Go to amazon.com to your account and see if there's any communication with you there. So don't click on those links, log into the website directly and verify the communication. I've actually had a personal experience of this just the other week. I had a UPS text alert come through and it was talking about a missing package and the message was super urgent and like, hey, we need to kind of figure out your, your updated address. I don't remember exactly what it said, but it was very real. Like it came across professional. I didn't really think anything of it besides, oh my gosh, I want my package. <laughs> so <laughs> right before I clicked, it's like clicked with a button in my head and looked at the actual, um, in the text, it, it has like, you know, UPS type of thing listed at who's it, who it's, who is it coming from? And instead of saying UPS, it was UPPS. 
so so close to UPS and I like paused and then the kicker here is I didn't even order anything like that's how good they are they will get you in an email in a text message they're gonna get you to click so especially like your Amazon example regardless whatever the company it is take that extra step to open the browser and go to your account and log in directly and not use that link that was provided like you mentioned uh, which brings me to links which is our second warning sign watch out for links and attachments on emails and text messages you do not want to click on them like martin said and i, I know martin has a good example and i i like that had the example that you mentioned because Text message is really important. I know as painting contractors, a, a lot a lot of you are communicate probably primarily through text messaging with customers. And that is so critical. And again, this is a place where it could be easy if you have all these text messages to lose one or to just click on one and not realize what you were doing. And and Becca mentioned <laughs> that that I had a, an example in somewhere along uh, maybe it was a month a month and a half ago now somehow my phone number got on this list and i i started receiving just all sorts of uh, telemarketing calls which i don't answer any of them because i don't answer my phone unless i i know who's calling which you know is probably not something you can do as a painting contractor but for me i can get away with it <laughs> so you're not that popular martin <laughs> right well only, only by the telemarketers uh and then I started to get a whole bunch of texts. And at first, I, it was so clear. It was, it, it was even the wrong name. It was to Nancy. And I still get some of these to Nancy. You know, that, that's not even close, but whatever. <laughs> but after I got two or three of them, I got one that said something about there being too much spam texting to my phone number. And this would be how to fix it. Now, even me, who's really cautious about these things from just because we've been educated so much about the danger of them, it made me think for a second, oh, wow, this maybe this really is. Maybe this is coming from from some something within Apple, maybe, or something like that to try to this fix it. This is my so way maybe, out type of thing. <laughs> right. What a, what a genius campaign by these cyber attackers to, to figure this out. And, and you know, Becca, we think about this from an email standpoint when we're communicating to customers or to prospects. And I think they've got the whole thing. They've got this whole campaign laid out where they've got 30 texts that they're going to send. And they know the first three are going to appeal to somebody in a different way. And like text number four is, hey, send them something about there being too much spam on their phone. And let's see if we can get them to click on that one. So it is. It, it's genius. And but you mentioned we've talked about this. We're gonna keep saying it, think before you click. And that leads to warning sign number three, which is the sender trying to create a sense of urgency. And, and you had, your example had a, a sense of urgency there. And they'll awful, often use things like urgent threats. The AOL example said, you won't be able to log, in, log into your email after tomorrow unless you go to this page to clear up something. Um, but but they're going to use they're going to use urgency. They're going to try to create urgency in their fake emails, especially from service providers. Yeah, just spiking that urgency cord within you. That's always going to make you want to jump on things, especially if you think it's coming from um, a customer, too. So as a painting contractor, 
be careful. Be careful and slow down and really pay attention to who the, either the email or that text messages is coming from and what's included specifically. So the fourth and final warning sign that we'll share today is look out for typos and spelling mistakes. And we're not talking about the one or two silly little I before E except after C type of things, but like legit typos and spelling mistakes. If people aren't very careful in how they're writing things, that's a big red flag, obviously, for, for, for many reasons. But um, a lot of these cyber criminals, well, Martin, can you confirm that they're they're not necessarily right in your backyard? They're from other countries and maybe their yes. English isn't as strong. Yes, that's absolutely true. Oftentimes that's and that's a good way to detect it because either it, like you said, Becca, it won't just be simple typos. It's going to be more likely to be just the way that they phrase things is going to be off. out of the norm and not yeah. what you're used to. Yeah, exactly. So definitely be careful of those. And like we've said through this all, think before you click and always watch what you're clicking and do your own research, maybe before responding to. Yes, another good, another good tip. I had to add it. I had to add it. <laughs> and after hearing all of these warning signs, you might be asking yourself, what should you do if you see one of these emails come through? But you think it might be from a customer, but you're just not sure, or maybe a vendor, somebody that you do business with. The best way to handle that is to always look up their phone number don't if, if there's a phone number in the email don't use that phone number because it could be a fake phone number where you call somebody that says they are who they had said they were who they are impersonating but look up their phone number somewhere else wherever that is on your phone in your computer some some other way you know in, in a book where you've written it great uh, and then call them directly that that way you are, you are using an outside number, you're finding that phone number and you're calling them. Similarly, if it's something related to your credit card, look at the number on the back of your card, call that number. We talked about going to a website. You could go to that website, find a number for the company, call it that way. But this way you can confirm for sure that it was them instead of making a big mistake and uh, either clicking or doing something that's gonna cost you a lot in the long run. In order to protect your painting business from cyber attacks, we've went over a lot of different things, which feels a lot more than four warning signs. But just to recap on what we covered so that we can leave you with a good ending point is you really want to watch out for those emails and texts that you weren't expecting. Two, be aware of those links and attachments. Always think before you click. And then third, an email or a text, if it's if it's emphasizing that urgency, slow down always have that red flag in your mind and lastly take take a look for lots of typos and misspellings that's going to be a, another big red flag of do not reply <laughs> <laughs> yeah and thank you becca for summarizing those warning signs and remember if you are unsure call your service provider or call your customer directly that way you have direct access you can ask them and and you pushing all that other stuff out of there. And it's always going to be better to be careful and to confirm than it is to, to make that wrong click. And then you're going to be in a really bad position. So think before you click, 
and hopefully you found this very helpful. Uh, our goal is to really provide insight to help you as a painting contractor. Usually we're focused on marketing or other business types of things, but this was just such an important issue and something that is so prevalent right now that we really wanted to address that. And if you like what you heard, you're interested in more, we encourage you, please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that on Spotify. You can do it on Apple Podcasts. You can do it anywhere you get your podcasts. And we hope you, you enjoy it. And uh, we look forward to providing more content for you in the future. Thank you for listening to the Sharp Edge podcast. If you want more information about this, please visit propainterwebsites.com and head to our resource center. We plan on hosting a podcast each month, so subscribe. You won't want to miss out. Also, we just have one last favor to ask of you. It would mean a lot to us if you would share this with your friends or other painting contractors. Our goal is to help you succeed, so you can help us achieve this goal by telling someone else about the show. Thanks again and have a great day.